Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Spend $39 or more on Healthery's products and get a free drink bottle only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ Tuesday, the 27th of September, after a long weekend for most. Well, not this beautiful, handsome man across from me, Kempi, holding the fort down. Morena, Morena Kempi. Morena. Yeah, no, it was a long weekend. It was really good. Lots of sport on. Still going yesterday. Oh, mate. And uh, I was waiting for that little tick last night to come through, and it came through. Well, you got some news for us today. I'll let you. I'll let you break it to our listeners later <laughs> on. But we're, we're hopefully going to have a good day tomorrow. Ah, oh, hopefully, hopefully, big field, big field. Not getting overly confident, but excited, excited. My f- yeah, for race. Of course, mate. Pungal's racing tomorrow at uh, Rose Hill, race number two. Uh, first little hit out up against some solid horses. And got Huey Bowman on 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 board and Barrow one. So yeah. Exciting day, Kempi. Exciting day. And, so we won't see you, mate. Were you flying out tonight? Private jet, <laughs> mates picking you up. No, no, no. It's a shoe running the big race. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> just gonna just keep it calm. Maybe one day we'll, we'll go over there and have a wee watch. But no, we're just gonna. Well, the wife and the family are going home today. They're heading back to Crosshuge, and she was like, "Are you coming?" I was like, "Oh." Nah, nah, my horse is racing. I'm going to stay up and watch it with the lads. <laughs> so I'm not home till Thursday. So I'm here tomorrow morning, boys, and Thursday morning. So I've got three days straight in Crazy. the studio with the lads. Yeah. Just to watch a horse race. 
How good is that? Good old Daisy, yeah. eh? Good old Daisy. It is priorities for you. But no, not, <laughs> not, not, not the only reason as well, lads. I'm, I'm actually doing a, a campaign. Uh, it's obviously a big week, Mental Health Awareness Week. That's right. And I've had, I've, um, well, opened up on the cameras and it was released last night actually on TVNZ. It's called Behind the Jersey. And um, yeah, there's a few of us athletes that have come out and done a wee mental health mental health awareness campaign. It's it's pretty cool. So I'm actually doing a a little thing on Seven Sharp tomorrow night. So I've I've stayed up for that as well. Nice. But that was at four o'clock. So I said, oh, I've got to do it at four o'clock. My horse race at five thirty. So <laughs> gonna pre-record it and uh, and get it done. But yeah. That's, that, that's probably uh, the main reason I'm staying up. That's sure. a that's a that's a big reason, mate. And uh, you know, well, well done too for um, putting yourself out there in a such a big week in New Zealand. I was only talking mm. up at the uh, Tangi last week when I went up to my uncle's funeral a little bit about um, mental health and and even on Saturday night at the um, the All Blacks function, you know, there's a heap of people talking about the black dog and, and mm. you know, um, putting it out there. And what I said was we have to take that conversation and just make it normal. Yeah. You know, like have it have it around the around the table, have it around your tea table with your mates when you're out having a beer or wherever and just make it normal. There's no stigma about it. Put it out there and just, hey, man, that's part of, part of life. Because I, I said one thing to a friend of mine. I said, look, I just don't think that, like, my dad and, and probably his dad actually knew that it existed. They didn't know what it was, mm. you know, whereas um, you look at kids these days, um, not only just, you know, my own kids, but kid, what about what about their kids and, and their kids after them, that they're really emotional and vulnerable? So I think it just you've got, everyone's got to make it normal, and I take, I tip my hat to you um, both for going out there and doing that and, and putting yourself out there. That's it, Kempi, just normalising it and just understanding that everyone has struggles and everyone feels that and, and can has been a part of that black dog that you speak about. And, um, yeah, look, it's it's something that I've been holding on to for a long time, mm. you know, just because you're a public figure, you don't really want to <clears throat> show, you know, uh, you, you know, the initial reactions to it and you don't want to show weakness and I don't know. So it's, it's always been something that I've always been ashamed of. Mm. And um, and that's it, eh? Yeah, and that's that's, that's the that's the like that's bullshit. Yeah, you know, to be honest, mm. you shouldn't have to be made to feel that way. You shouldn't yeah. have to worry about the stigma that's attached to it. Mm. And the conversation is real. And the more we can actually not feel um, like people are the the old adage like t- just toughen up. Mm. Like that was my era. That's old you school. Know, now. Just just hard just hard harden up. You know what I mean? Like. No, that's <laughs> that's not how this works. Mm. And for people to actually sit down and understand where you've been to and what you go through, um, a lot of people actually feel that though. Should I've actually? I think I might might have been there too myself. Mm. You know, especially people in my era. Yeah. Like a lot of this stuff too. Like if you there's and there's plenty of movies that come out around the head knocks and the concussion. Mm. Like a lot of the sports people, um, unfortunately, a lot of it comes out of the heavy collision. Yeah, and the and the and the the mental side of what's actually happening to your brain and the frustration that goes on it, on with it. And you read a lot between the lines of people. Man, I, th- I think I, I read one just recently about a famous All Black, and he was just getting really frustrated about how short his temper was, mm. and he didn't know what was happening. And and then his doctor said, "Well, you know, you've, you've been concussed, so 
so many times that now you've got this issue. So, mate, if you don't really understand it, then don't say hard enough. Mm. Yeah. You know, because that's just, that, like I said, that's just big, that's BS. Mm, 100% can be, and, and that's why, yeah, it was about time I come out and shared, shared our story, and there's a, a couple of other athletes as well that, that have shared their own stories, and, and I think the whole reason is, is we're athletes, and we're, we've been put on a pedestal, and I guess when you put that chosen uniform on, everyone thinks you're invincible. You, know, yeah. you, don't, you don't feel, you don't hurt, you don't struggle, but the reality is that behind that jersey, we're just normal human beings that feel pain and, 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 that, and have ain't, that the truth of it. ain't that the truth and, of it? Um, so just trying to break down that barrier. And I think if we share our own little struggles and our vulnerabilities, it can just normalise it, like you said, and, and will help someone out there in the public. So, yeah, starting up, it's actually called Voices of Hope. And um, a couple of chicks, Jen and, and Jazz, the, the, the founders of this, this Voices of Hope. And... Um, yeah, it's it's been awesome to be able to share and, and go on this journey with them and they've been awesome. They've been constantly in contact with me and the best thing about it is when you share this, you know, she's like, Oh, you're gonna get messages, you're gonna get people coming after you. I'm like, Oh yes, sweet as but they're constantly asking you, We're here to support you, we're here for you yeah. and offering tools and services and it's like, Oh yeah, this is this is bloody good, bloody awesome. So yeah. That's that's me for the next couple of days, lads. Um, mental health awareness week. And we actually spoke to Amelia Kerr. Uh, earlier on this morning, and she's obviously playing over in the Caribbean, and uh, she's obviously been very open and vocal about her own little struggles, and she's got a great interview coming up after 8 o'clock. We're going to have a chat to her, and we'll share that with you, and she talks about, well, going forward with the, the White Ferns, the changes that they've made. They've obviously won the Series 2-1 going into the T20s, but also about her little mental health journey. We're also going to talk to um, Mike Delaney. is a coach of the Bay of Plenty. The Bay. The Bay. The Bay are plenty steamers, I must say. And I played a lot with, with Mark Delaney, so I can only imagine this conversation we're about to have. And yes, Marky Mark, I've just sent Mark a photo. I we saw wee, that. We had a wee bet. Had to donate uh, some money to Child Cancer Foundation. I've just done that, Marky. Some man of my word. I also lost another $20 to another guy in Tauranga. So it was a bad weekend. Bad weekend for us Magpie supporters. But that's okay, the Battle of the Bays. Goes to the Bay in Tauranga. There you go. We're going to talk some golf after 7 o'clock too with Dan Hillier. He obviously won his the Kiwis second. Kiwis on fire, Kiwis mate. Kiwis on fire. Won his second challenge tour over the weekend. He's chasing the opportunity to be on that, well, wow, that global DP tour. He'll join us after 7 o'clock. So a big show. Keep the messages coming through. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm looking at Louis Herman Watt. And, um, well, he looks a little bit like me on Friday morning. Morning, Louis. <laughs> no, I'm not like you on Friday morning. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm here. I'm good. I was just looking through the field where your Pungos are racing on s- tomorrow, and you're right. It is a very competitive field, very competitive field, and they always are going to be. If you're kicking your horse off at Rose Hill on a Wednesday, it's a that, that's where the good horses go. And going back through the market, just trying to see what the market movers are. Um, yeah, how's this? There's a a gay waterhouse and Adrian Bot horse that opened at eighteen dollars and it's now nines. So there's a couple of plunge horses in that race. You've got Barrier One, you've got Hugh Bowman, you've got Gate Speed. So he's going to put himself in the race. I guess that this just you just want him to see him hit, hit the line and and show a little bit for next start. And if he goes close, then it's a, a massive bonus. But you just want to see him get round to one piece in his first start, eh? Yeah, well, look, it's just in the trials, that is, you know, they hold him in a 
strong hold, and you, they don't really get, they never get the whip out. You never really see them really open up. So you don't know. You're still going in the unknown, you know, boys. So I wouldn't mind just seeing him sit just in behind and relax into his work, and then just open up like his dad. So you think and just get past the line. <laughs> That's right, and it takes a little, it takes a little while for it to get through, yeah. and you know, start to grow into its body and all that sort of stuff. It's a bit like an athlete, really, the um, the horses. So mm. I'm pretty sure uh, Dollar Dollar won't be flogging it, um, getting out there. He just wants to make sure that it's going to go all right. Whose colours are those? So those are our colours, yeah. We, we, look, I was, I was tasked with the, the the decision to make some, some colours, some silks, and it was hard, man. I was like, how do you make 10 blokes happy? <laughs> <laughs> so we were trying we wanted to do all black just all black you can't go all black so um, well Kurt's the majority owner and he lives favourite colour is green so just chuck a green through the middle and um, yeah that's just just our soaks all black black with a green with a panel on it green little panel through the middle mm. good colours simple perfect. but effective yeah, yeah. simple yeah mm. those are the Maori colours too mm. named pango yeah. green and black yeah there you go so yeah, look, it's exciting. First one, I don't know. I was, I was messaging Chris Moore last night, the the Tiger Lion Tamer. Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, just saying, look, I don't know. Just getting excited, but not overconfident, and I'm just you know, just gonna watch this horse jump out and see how he goes. Someone you've invested uh, a little bit of time and money into, so well, it's definitely not flying under the radar because I've had multiple people from across the ditch message me and say is this thing going to win are we plunging at first start I'm like mate I don't know probably not it's a first start well, like, I'll back that so I'll probably stop it eh yeah I mean no, don't get me wrong I had a little bit as well just because you know well you want to make sure that it's uh, you're on if it does get up but yeah. that'll be exciting mate so that's tomorrow and yeah tell you what this week's going to feel a lot different than last week lads just well a couple of things the old the old classic uh, daylight savings going to peg you back an hour but as we're into fully into spring now, um, last week the sporting weekend was just huge. This weekend the sting comes out of it a little bit. The All Blacks, the Rugby Championship's done, so the All Blacks get a bit of about a month off. The uh, All Whites, we won't see them for another five years minimum. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just kind of the the NRL Grand Final, Kempi. I guess is the one that takes oh. precedence this week. Well, it's a big, big day Ooh. at uh, Randwick on the Saturday. Always is. That's uh, that's where everyone heads to on Saturday. It's a big group one day, and then uh, you go to the grand final on Sunday night. It's mate. Well, it's play- and it's played out for Penrith perfectly because everyone said it's Penrith to lose, and you thought they'd had it lost at twelve 0 just before half time, and they come back and 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 get that 12, 12 points back straight away, and then go on and win it quite easily. Um, but Para, the Battle of the West, I was, saying to, I was saying to Ricardo yesterday morning, like, the NRL must be just rubbing their hands together because mm. they have not had a final series play out the way... I can't remember. I can't remember the way a final series has played into the hands of the NRL the way that it has this way with local derbies, you know, big matchups for, you know, the South Sydney City sides. And yeah. then you get in the grand final, which, which Matty John said on the show last week, where everyone wants the West and Sydney grand final. Of course they do, mate. The West. And if, um, I don't know if you guys heard the show, uh, the comment yesterday, but Penrith have already locked up the other three minor, minor mm. titles. Yeah, the first time ever. This would be the first time ever they get four. So SG Balls and Harold Matthews is under sixteen, under eighteens, and the and the reserve grade, and then they get, and wow. of course the first grade is the one that you'd think they'd pick up first. So 
if Parramatta got a smaller party, you know, they, they got plenty of reasons to, but it just goes to show you, I, got, I took my head to full gold. So he, when, he went into, when he went into that club and they needed something, he built that high-performance centre out west and it's just changed the shape of that Penrith um, and, that, and that Western Sydney catchment area. And for them to have, at this period, like again, like at this period of time, a Western Sydney grand final with all of these kids wanting to play out west, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And of course, that's where all our Polynesian boys are. They're all at Blacktown, you know, they're all, they're all out there just holding their hands up saying, well, here I am, I'm the next <laughs> superstar, and how do I get into that Penrith um, elite centre? So, you know, we talk about the Warriors all the time. If we needed to look at a, a model, it's this weekend. That's, yeah. the, that's, that's, that's the goal, is to get what Penrith have got. And it's only taken them, what was it, 11 years? Mm. I think it's 11 years it's taken them, something like that. So, mate, mate, that is, the, unbelievable. This, is the st- this could be the the most complete dynasty ever. Or, or you know, this is probably be one of the greatest. You think about it, they've got all the grades. So they've got that's that's building for years and years to come if they're winning from sixteen years of age through to, See, to the premiership. That's development. That's, that's development. And, yeah. and then that, that sixteen under sixteen is gonna go on and play under eighteen mm. and then another under sixteen has come through. Like it's just a continuous factory and sustainability. Whew. See, and they talked about that with Seraldo and like I know um Seraldo's heading to Canterbury next year, but he's Ivan's second grade coach. Well, the, most of these players in the Cowboys that got knocked out last week and the Penrith side played in the last under-20 final. Yeah, that's right. So it's actually all come... This Penrith dynasty is actually playing out in front of you. Mm. And when they... I read an article last night about a guy, is this it for Penrith? He's going, they lose up Curacao, they lose Kikau, you know, they've got um, players heading out of the club. I'm like, mate, for every Kikau that they got, the one playing first grade, they got five of them below, below them, ready to jump and jump in after them. You know, so well, I can't see them being beat for a while. Yeah, it's scary when you put it like that, Kempi. And, and this week we're going to be angling towards that on Sunday uh, all week. Can't wait for that. Now, obviously Joseph Parker, that was quite sad to watch. Um, so that happened last week. Won't see that this week. And in general, the MPC, I guess, will be the one that will. Be carrying a lot of the pressures of the sports fan, and at about twenty to nine today, I've got a very important update on mm. Izzy and Kempi's MPC standings, tipping comp, where they split half the teams down the middle. You'll be very interested to know where we've ended up with one week to go in the MPC. Can't wait! Question of the day. I wasn't really too sure what to do today, to be honest, because there is, it's a little bit of a hole in the calendar on a Tuesday morning, um, so I thought we'd do something quite a little bit different. Aleb Kipchoge. <laughs> he's, he's a freak. He's a freak. Actually, Joe, how far did you run on Friday? I ran 11.5k. And you were Odyssey to do the half marathon? Yeah. Boys, I'm actually going to do it. I can't believe it. 11 and a half. That's a great effort, no, Joe. Yeah, no, I ran 10k last night as well. I, I did the like the first half of the marathon. I drove out to Devonport. Look at your face, mate. Like, look, at the, look at the life in it. I well, know. Seriously. You are Kipchoge. What are your Ks? What are, your, what are you running a K in? Uh, but pretty slow. I did, yesterday it was like 5.45. That's flying. more than good. Pretty slow. Calm down. <laughs> Well done, Joe. I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, Thanks, man. man. That's yeah. awesome. So we've got our own Kipchoge here, right? Now, that's pretty good, Joe, but 
This bloke, Alec Kipchoge. <laughs> <laughs> this bloke's just taken 31 seconds off his marathon world record. He's running in two hours and one minute and change. I want to know from you on 0800 811 and double eight double three. Come through because I've got one last Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy prize pack thanks to their friends at Health Reason Musashi to give away. What is the sporting feat or the physical achievement that is so mind-bending? I saw another kid down in Condrona, this 19-year-old. He's the first person to do four backflips on skis. Mm. What is the physical achievement like Kipchoge and like this backflipper that you just can't even quantify in your brain like it's so hard to wrap your head around it because running a marathon 42 kilometers in two hours that's insane to me i can't even think about how fast you have to run for that long to be able to do that so 22 minutes past six 0800 150 what is the sporting achievement or the physical feat that you've seen done which is just too mind-bending to wrap your head around here with chemist warehouse great savings every day talk to you soon Listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. 27 minutes past 6 o'clock and Elliot Kipchoge's run a two-hour, one-minute and change marathon, taking 31 seconds off his world record time, which to me I cannot even start to get my head around. What are some physical feats that you can't quite grasp? Izzy and Kempi will come to you in just a bit. we got Joe from Gizzy on the line. What's your mind bender, Joey? Joey. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. I and my mates, we were watching that actually with uh, him running that amazing time and we have come up with a concept. We need to have a drug-enhanced Olympics <laughs> where anything goes. <laughs> now, now I know it's going to be so bad, it's going to be so immoral that everyone will watch. So we think that one of the brothers could go under nine seconds if you could flow the body with as much enhancement as you can. And we reckon someone would throw the javelin over 100 metres. <laughs> All right. And we reckon that you would have a female jump higher than 5.05 metres, which is the, the pole vault record, and the, and the shot put. Imagine enhancing someone with the physique <laughs> of our dame, right, to throw the shot put. Mate, you know, Tommy's struggling around at 21 metres, the big Yanks chucking at 22 and a half metres. You imagine being enhanced with a body like that, Izzy? You'd be chucking at 30 metres. <laughs> oh, my, the mind bender. The mind bender. Were you on a bender when you were thinking about this? <laughs> yes, 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 Joe was. Oh, man. Joey, man, you crack me up every single morning. Oh, so good. Right. What have you come up with? Do you know what? Here's a real basic one. We, we watch it and we talk about it all the time. Um, jockeys. Well, that's my one. Jockeys. So I watch it every year on uh, the first Tuesday of November and the great Kiwi comes from the back to the front. And I never really put it into any context until talking to Jimmy on Saturday night. And Jimmy said that he basically was just going to sit on this horse and ride it like from the back, and just let it run, let it run its race. And um, he said he knew he had the race won when two very good judges said to he heard them talking when he went to mount his horse and said that's the one to beat, and it was Kiwi. So he just sat on it, and I watched that race, and I'm even today go, 
how did he get that horse to win that race? Mm, the farm horse, Kiwi, 1983 uh, Melbourne Cup. Half past six. Uh, Izzy, we'll get your mind bender in the text here just after the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Have a think about them. What's that physical feat which you're just like, how can he even, or how can she even, is that even, what's your one? Twenty-seven away from seven o'clock this morning. It is what the twenty-seventh of September, and with Bunnings Trade helping businesses our trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business is the trade of Bunnings Trade. Now, just a couple of sports headlines to get your head around this morning. Uh, Paul Cole has lost in the Egyptian Men's Open squash final, but he stays at world number two. So Cole's just easing back into his season after, of course, spending time at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, the man-cad debate is raging on around the world, and we, to- we told you this would happen last week after an uh, Indian women's player won a game against the English, and you don't do that sort of thing against the English. And apparently Dean was not warned that she was about to be man So there's a little bit of hurt feelings going on around the world's women's cricket in that at the moment, and it's going to happen more and more and more. You'll see it at the T20 World Cup, I promise you that. Uh, Joseph Parker, well, he's just going to take some time to regroup after his brutal knockout by Joe Joyce. Speaking of things you can't believe, what about how Joe Joyce just keep walking forward? That engine on that guy was quite incredible. And Tyson Fury has said that he's never going to fight Anthony Joshua now because apparently he missed his 10-day cut-off date, date to sign the contract. So were they ever going to fight? Or was it just a big ruse? Who would know? There's some sports headlines around the world, is he? Joe Joyce. Now he's getting punched in the brains from Joseph Parker <laughs> with all Joe had and just kept going. The juggernaut, mate. That, that nickname is just only fitting for him. So unorthodox, eh? A guy that looks like he's not punching hard. He doesn't look very coordinated, but then he just whacks old Joe on the on the on the noggin and just and drops him, mate. That was that was a crazy fight, and um, yeah, it was a good scrap. Just waiting for him Great to stop. Scrap. Just waiting for him to stop. And he never stopped. Nah. He just kept going like Kipchoge. You want to get to this text here, is he? From Richie? Because I know that's yeah, what you were thinking yeah. about. So yeah, that, that's where I was going. So when you asked the question, I thought about mine fears. Going underwater and, and you know, holding your breath. And 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 just that's the biggest fear is, is ever being in water and, and drowning. or you know. And I, so I thought of William Trubridge. He's a great Kiwi who is a world record holder for the biggest free dive. Over 100 metres. Free diving. He's held his breath for over seven and a half minutes. William Trubridge, just a fascinating feat. Imagine that. Going free diving down 100 metres without one breath, getting to the bottom of the 100, you've got to come back up. Another 100. So, mate, it is, it is crazy. So that's the one that springs to mind. This beyond belief. The human body can push yourself to that. Those limits? Mm. That is one for me. Seven and a half minutes holding your breath. That's about as mind-bending as it gets. <laughs> and they take all these people with them too because they black out. They mm. black out and, um, you know, obviously a lot of people have uh, not come up from that from that one breath. But on a, 
you tried, well, you remember hopping in the swimming pool with your brother and when you were kids and saying, well, let's see who can hold the breath the longest. You know, you get the, like, dead seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gasping. Honestly, I hated Seven it. minutes. My brother's in there holding me under. I'm like, that's probably where the trauma that's comes from. That's where the trauma comes from, mate. That's the worst fear. But, mate, that just blows my mind. William Trubridge, free diving, seven and a half minutes underwater. So he's, he's had to train... Train his lungs and train his body, right? He's, he, I know he's right into his yoga and meditation, and he's pretty much taught, tricked his body into being comfortable yeah. that deep and with the compression all on it and his lungs. I just, that's about it. That goes in that Kipchoge file yeah. of how can the human body do that? That mind, that brain, that biggest muscle in your body, if you can train it, you, you can do anything, man. You can do anything. Of um, yeah, winning down the pump would be all right. Well, that'd be fascinating. Train my brain to. <laughs> like I was, I was watching a. This is going off topic here, but I was watching a, a little segment, a little show yesterday morning. So Daisy's dad flew in the RAF over in the World War Two, in the um, Lancaster bombers. Did he? So yesterday we we're watching um, a doco on the Lancaster and and the the bombers come. Bomber Command over there in, 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 in UK and watched it, man. It was crazy. But those, you know, that's that's life or death. That, that's, that's what was he? What was he doing? What spot was he in? He was a pilot. He was a pilot. Pilot in Lancaster, yeah. John Aitken. He was um, a pilot. Yeah, he's fascinating. Yeah. And then one of his other guys, I was just having a look at a book he saw yesterday called. Um, it was a guy Ron Mayhill, and he was his bomber, the guy that used to aim bomber aimer, bomb aimer. Yeah. And lying down in those, if you ever seen oh, a yeah. Lancaster out, they're real tight and cold airs. They'd fly for ten hours, no, no air conditioning, no heating, just all <laughs> bloody wrapped up, mate. And then they fly over, and then no navigation, no radars, just all landmarks, trying to trying to get home. And Do I don't know why I've got onto this topic, but just talk about mind blowing things. Yeah, <laughs> where, no, that's right. Where humans yeah. can go, that is like the ultimate life or death. Well, actually, there's a. Kind of along that line. Steve has come through. Good morning, gentlemen. While serving out in Afghanistan, our physical training instructor did a mile of press ups for charity in silly heat. That's right up there. So a mile of press ups, is that like it's like walking on your hands, I guess. Is that what he means? Well, I don't know how he's done it, whether he's done like a burpee, press up press up, stood up. Got back down, did another push up. A mile. A, but those servicemen. Yeah, man. They are just neck level. That's Ruben Wiki. <laughs> Ruben Wiki did, um, he did the Auckland Mission Bay, so where the helicopter pad is out there, mm-hmm. to Mission Bay, burpees. Yeah, just said, well, I'm just going to go and do that this morning. <laughs> some people have it, some people just don't. That, he, that is... That's Ruben, mate. He's, he, he can take. He can go to those places. It's those blokes that you see, like the SAS, like you, you see those docos, and they're getting like waterboarded by the ocean, and mm. they like do sit up, you know, they like like <laughs> they lie down backwards as the like waves come and lap at them. They're doing sit ups, and it's like <laughs> just waiting out the hanger on us. They're, they're, they're just waiting <laughs> them out. The longest stay, the longest stay. Yeah, mate. It's. Look, I've got so much. I love SAS. I love special airs, like service and tactics, and just read. I've read three books, and it was all about the SAS. <laughs> <You've> read three <laughs> books. I've read. I've read the Taliban um, taking down Osama bin Laden, The Last Survivor, uh, which is a great movie, and oh, yeah, I'm really fascinated on the SAS and just what they put their bodies to. Because obviously, the SAS is right out by Daisy's sister in Cleveland. That's where the base mm. is, and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just 
special service and you've got to be a special someone to be in part of that. So they're the ultimate of the ultimate. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the ultimates of the ultimates. And Mike Powell, longest world, longest, long jump world record, 8.95 metres 1991, previously held by Bob, Bob Beeman since 1968 at an altitude in Mexico Olympics. No amount of technology will help you jump further, Jordan. Mm, interesting text mm. there. Uh, morning, boys. The sport is so amazing you can't believe it. It have to be Sam Whitelock's try on Saturday night. Harry took all that punishment interference <laughs> and still managed to get that done. Wow. PJ, love it, PJ. And Tim, I had a mate who had a man flu once and went to work. Crazy. <laughs> man flu's real. Honestly, t- telling my wife it's it is real. You don't know because you're not a man, but it is real. <laughs> Trust me, I can actually hear you telling her that you don't know because you're not a man. <laughs> it is real, fellas. Come on, support me. How real is the man flu? It is. My dad knows. He's had plenty. I reckon there'll be a few man flus this week with daylight savings. Just that kind of the six a.m. alarm comes and <laughs> it's like. Ah, mm, there, there. Yeah. Now that's that's I think I'm a bit crook. Just worked. Oh, I just worked it out. Yeah, yeah, I was just close to having one on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. Nineteen away from seven. Right, Quizzy Dag is back. Kieran's back in the seat today, oh, kids. So it's a piece of piss. You it's gotta, a double up today. So you come boys. take it. Easy you, money. First person that calls will win. <laughs> oh, hey, hundred one five zero eight eleven. Go on, take the quizmaster. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. This is how you do it. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. DAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Reesey, Reesey, Reesey's coming through on the text machine. You just hold the line there, Reesey. Not bad. You've just woken the beast. Louis Hume White will give you updates shortly, but we're going to wrap into the quiz. Lammy, you're up first. Morning, Lammy. Oh, morning, gentlemen. How are we this morning? Very, very oh, good, enough. my friend. Very good. Tuesday, oh, start of the week. Kimpy's already started. Oh, actually, actually, brother, I can't wait for the uh, women's rugby, brother. Oh, so can't I, mate. How good was oh, that on oh, Saturday? You wait till my oh, squad, mate. Squad, mate. I've got a little something for that. Oh, cool. You know, I listened to Ruby Tui on Sunday. Oh, yeah. man, what a story that was, mate. She's Mickey, eh? She is Mickey. Yeah. They, they, are, they are looking the goods at the moment. Our black friends, oh, Wayne yeah. Smith. So, looking, we'll just, October the 8th. Eden Park, yep. pack it out, how good. Anyway, question number one. Yep. Who broke yep. their own world record in the Berlin Marathon this weekend? Oh, man. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you said, what did you, um, Louis? We just spoke about it. We just spoke about it. The Ken- yeah, he's, oh, a Ken- well, he's a Kenyan. I'm tarring his oh, eh? Oh, man, I don't know Kenyan. <laughs> um, oh, 
Israel Kimpy, okay? <laughs> Israel Kimpy is incorrect, mate. It's close, though. It's close. Wouldn't even come. Well, Kimpy, our knee's no good. Anyway, Richie from Upper Hutt. Morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. Morning. Who broke their own record in the Berlin uh, Marathon? Kobe. Kipchoge. Kipchoge. Well done. Hey, and also Wellington. Too good, eh? Oh, got that shield for the um, the year or summer. Can you just tell some uh, some a bit of your own population there in Wellington to get to the stadium? It looked pretty horrible to see in yellow seats. Come on, support the lads. Oh, yeah, but the, the black fans was on. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go, mate. Question number two. Which women's international cricket team took England's last wicket with the man-cad rule? Oh, quite aptly, India. India is correct. Question number three. Which country did Winston Reid score a famous 90th minute equaliser against the 2010 uh, in the 2010 FIFA World Cup? Slovenia. <laughs> Sorry, it's not Slovenia. Sorry, Richie. Have a good day, my brother. Although I thought it was Slovenia this morning. Yeah, same. So, so I'm going to check it. So check it. So check it. And if this is Kez's <laughs> first day back, he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 yeah, he's right. right. He's right. He's right. Don't even second guess him, Louis. <laughs> wow. Well, Nick's we'll never got anything wrong. We're going to so, go right. Ed Tolliga Bay. Morning, Ed. Ed got. <laughs> Nick's got the first one wrong. You can't remember. Being sarcastic. Hey, Ed. Ed, Ed, Ed. Which country country did Winston Reid score a famous 90th minute equaliser against in the 2010 World Cup FIFA? No, it's not Slovakia? Slovakia is correct. Question number four. Which Super League team does former warrior Conrad Haral play for? St. Helens. St. Helens, correct. Ed's on a heater. Question number five, mate. So win a $50 bonus bet. You can put it on Pungal tomorrow. Where's <laughs> the next F1 Grand Prix held? Do great noodles. I think it's Italy. <laughs> Italy Italy do a great pasta Not noodles Sorry my friend Ed, You have a good day brother We're going to go to Brenton from Auckland Morning brother Hey brother how are you I'm good my man good good Hopefully it gets you paid Here we go where is the next F1 Grand Prix held Oh I don't actually know I'm going to have a stab in the dark too I'll say oh. noodles. Uh, <laughs> hungry? Ooh, no, I am hungry, but it's not hungry. Sorry, Brenton, brother. Have a good day. We'll chat to you tomorrow. We're going to go to Anton from Auckland. Anton. Oh, Kilda. Kilda, you love swooping a wee quizzy dag at the, at the very end, eh? But have you got it right and quickly? You haven't Googled it, I eh? don't know. You don't know? Nah. Okay. Well, have a stab. No, I'm not sure, but if it's noodles, let's go Singapore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
That was some genuine honesty. I love the way you worked your way around it. You just really told that story. I don't know, but Noodles Singapore. Yeah, right, oh. Hey? Oh, it's hard to Google when you drive, bro. Yeah, fair enough. They used to talk to City. You go, City, where is the next Grand Prix? Hey, Siri, if Kempi's clue is Noodles, what is the answer? Italy. <laughs> no, that's pasta. Hungry. Oh, to be fair, it's all the same, isn't it? And on, well done. And Reese, you're right. So he ran a score prediction for the Blitterslow. Final score was 40-14. Reese, your 38-12 guess puts you four points away, and you were the closest to the pin. Well done, mate. Fifty dollars happy bonus bet coming your way as well. Six and a half away from seven. We'll get to your messages before the end of the hour. Coming up to seven a.m. this morning, uh, Reese P.S. Daggy, the real Bay was too good. Yes, well done, Reese, and Bay of Plenty. Mike Delaney, you would have some good war stories about the old boy. Some, some great stories about Mike Delaney. He's uh, obviously yeah come down and and tried his time at the Crusaders. Absolutely loved him. And and the, one of the things is you got to remember is obviously when um, uh, one of the coaches moved on, uh, Rona Gara moved on, they had to go find another coach. And obviously they went down Tamati Ellison, but they actually went for Mike Delaney first. Went to try and get Mike Delaney and uh, give him a crack at the Super Rugby. He obviously wow. turned it down. Family's a big part of it. He's got a young family base down there, so he's doing his time. And now he's obviously he coached for for the Bay of Plenty Steamers. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if he still has aspirations to go on and coach uh, at a higher level. And uh, his reasoning of, of why, well, you know, an opportunity to take on the Crusaders doesn't get any bigger than that. So we're going to chat to him shortly in the, in, the, in the 7 o'clock hour. But before then, we're going to talk to Dan Hillier. He won over the weekend his second Challenge Series win on the European Tour. He is flying at the moment. Hopefully can gain a card in the DP World Tour. So he's coming up shortly. Stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Master your facial hair style with 10% off the King C Gillette range from Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 27th of September, and it's just after seven o'clock. Our coffee man's just arrived into the studio, so we'll be getting out there, heading out there, get a nice wee coffee and a, maybe a little, what is it, scrambled egg wrap, boys? Or oh, black. What are we thinking today? What are we thinking, Kempe? 
mate, well, coffee. We, coffee would be nice. Coffee would be nice. Coffee would be nice Maybe after the weekend I've had of eating, I might just have to pass on it. But it's quite hard when you head over there and there's so many <laughs> nice options in that little... You're here for four days. Yeah. Just chill out. Yeah, okay. Okay. There you go. That's my excuse. Anyway, coming up in this <laughs> hour, we're going to talk to Mike Delaney shortly. You can talk about the Battle of the Bays. Yes, Tauranga, Mark Monganui, the Bay. They are the Bay. Hawks Bay is Hawks Bay for one more year. Anyway, I get it. That was a good, good weekend. Good win from Bay of Plenty. They are flying at the moment. Second place in the um, chosen division at the moment. Uh, following that, we're going to talk to Mealy Kerr. She's part of the White Ferns. They are taking on the West Indies. They beat the West Indies at 2-1 in the latest ODIs. They now have five T20s. And we're going to chat to her after eight. We actually spoke to her earlier, and we'll play that for you after 8 o'clock. But right now, let's talk some golf. And I'll tell you what, if I can replicate what Dan Hillier did in the weekend, even just on one hole, I'll be fizzing. The young Kiwi has taken a huge step to securing his spot on the TP World Tour, carding a stunning final round of 64. 64? To win the Swiss Challenge event in France over the weekend. 10 birdies? 10 birdies in the round gave him the two-shot win, and now Daniel finds himself 13th on the standings to get his card for next year. How good? He's with us now. G'day, Dan. G'day. How's it going? Mate, we are going good, but you must be buzzing. (laughs) 10 birdies? Come on, mate. That's a bit greedy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't even know what to say about that one, to be honest. It was, yeah, it was... um... I didn't think, honestly, didn't think it was actually doable on that golf course. It was playing pretty tough, but it was, yeah, one of those days where, you know, everything just clicked and, yeah, I just managed to keep rolling with it for, for the majority of the round. When did you know you were just locked in? You are on, you knew every putt you were going to hit, every shot was just going to be in that hole. When, when did you know? <laughs> uh, pretty early on, to be fair. I, I mean, I hit, like, a shot that I don't usually hit very often is like a soft a soft driver, if that makes sense. Like I needed to kind of take a little bit off it to avoid going too far. Um, and then I managed to pull that one off, which, you know, if I can pull that shot off, then I'm pretty confident that I can, you know, pull off most of them. And so, yeah, that was on the second hole and, you know, I had a, had a real nice drive down there and ended up, you know, hitting the approach shot to about three feet and, yeah, just got on the heater from there. So that was, um, yeah, it's a pretty good way to start it. Good, to, good to see Dan. We, we about say yet, mate, uh, in the season. How important was this result for you? Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, it was really important. I guess in a way, it was. Um, you know, I was in a pretty tricky spot, just outside the top twenty. Um, I think I was twenty sixth, and yeah, it was one of those points in the season. Uh, you know, times of the season where I knew I needed to sort of have a good few results coming in and yeah I guess uh with that win that's that's catapulted me well inside the top 20 and um yeah it's almost almost solidified my my place and you know for for next year's DP World Tour card so I mean yeah for it to to happen so late in the season is um you know it's just almost a bit of a relief um as much as anything but yeah I mean absolutely fizzing at the same time. Mate, how competitive is this qualifying tour? And just getting the funding to have played as much golf as you have been, has it has it has it has its challenges? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I was talking talking to Foxy. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to play in a main tour event in Scotland, and he was there. And you know, we had a had a bit of a chat and sort of talking about 
you know, life on the Challenge Tour and, you know, how you, you know, my first year last year, you know, it's all pretty exciting and new and, mm. you know, I'm, pretty, I'm fizzing to go uh, pretty much every week and then, you know, you get to year two and um, it sort of gets a little bit monotonous, I guess, and it's sort of saying that, you know, the second year blues are a thing. Um, <laughs> and so I guess I sort, of, I sort of found that through the middle of the year and um, I guess I was just sort of going through the motions a little bit and, you know, sort of had the mentality that, you know, there's always next week. There wasn't wasn't a whole lot of urgency there. Um, so I think, you know, that was a bit of a mistake on my part, you know, because you can't can't really be taking each week for granted. Um, and, you know, now now that we're at the business end of the season, you know, I think there's, you know, obviously a little bit more fire in the belly and mm. almost got, got my second win there last week, to, you know, because after missing out on my main tour card, you know, by, um, yeah, you could probably take it back to a few parts throughout the season um, that would have made the difference. Um, you know, missing out by that much just made me want it even more this year, I guess. And yeah. Yeah, I just had to make sure that I keep my head down for, for the back end of the season. Yeah, those those second-year blues, they, they in every sport, mate, blokes struggle with that. So good to see you bounce back from that, Dan. What, what is it in your game, though, that you've um, realised it'll, it'll keep you in good stead as you make that step up? Uh, I think of late I've actually been struggling with my ball striking which is usually the strength of my game and so I guess that sort of contributed to you know the mindset of you know I was just going through a bit of a rough patch and just sort of had to wait it out kind of thing um, but you know the last couple of weeks I played played pretty solid in Portugal over the first couple of rounds um, last week and and so you know I got the ball striking back to where I wanted it and you know I, I knew if I had that and you know, my short game's been pretty solid of late. If I could just um, piece it all together, and then yeah, could have a could have a week like I did last um, in France last week. Mate, how much easier would life be once you you gain your DP World Tour card? Does it just change your life drastically? Like, is it just a totally different lifestyle as a golfer? Yeah, it certainly is in in a lot of ways. But I mean. I wish I could say it would solve all my uh, mm. all my problems, but it, it probably won't, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's such a a great tour to be on, and you know, with the with the new sort of alliance with the PGA Tour as well, you know, it's it's just opening up more and more doors for for us, and you know, being out there is um, yeah, it's just a great opportunity and and could be life changing, you know. Mm. So I'm just really excited that I have the opportunity to do that. What about this? What about this stuff going on with all the um, live golf, mate? Have you been watching it? And uh, what, has anyone knocked on your door and said, "You know, come along and join us"? <laughs> no, I'm still still waiting for the call. <laughs> no, but um, no, I haven't haven't really uh, dove too much into that. To be fair, I mean, it was you know there, there was a lot of talk about it. Obviously, when it first came to fruition and. Um, I think I was eligible to apply for the first event, but sort of didn't really know what was going to be happening with all these sanctions and, and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, decided against it. And But, yeah, it is an interesting one seeing, you know, all these top players go out and, you know, obviously everyone sort of has their price and, you know, it's um, it's pretty life-changing for a lot of people, you know, having the opportunity to play, play some um, tournaments on the Live Tour. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what's going to happen over the next couple of years, but... I mean, the way, you know, everyone's sort of moving, you know, all the top guys that have been on the PJ Tour, they're all playing live golf now. And, you know, it's hard to see it going away anytime soon. So, yeah, it'll be 
be interesting to see how it unfolds. Well, forget Live Golf, mate. There's a wee tour down under called the Charles Tour. And, well, I don't know if you know, big news coming out of it. But a guy named Izzy Dag is making his pro debut down at uh, Pegasus, <laughs> at the Pegasus Open there at in Christchurch. And he's on golf, thought it'd be quite funny to watch a hacker out there amongst the pros, mate. So you got, <laughs> you got any advice? <laughs> oh, mate, you've been in higher pressure situations than I'll ever be. So you've, you've got it sorted. Yeah, you'll, but you'll be fine. I, I know how to pass the rugby ball. It. I know how to pass the rugby ball. I know how to kick the rugby ball. But I don't know where this golf ball is going sometimes, and probably nine times out of ten. So uh, I'm a little bit nervous, mate. No, mate. I think um, you know it's it's hard when you don't play a lot of competitive golf. You know, to to uh, go out there and you know play as well as you want. But I think you know it's it's going to be a seriously fun fun occasion for you, and I hope I hope you get. Paired up with a couple of the big dogs as well, so oh. just so they can really put you through your paces. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm a little bit worried about because apparently I've got bad etiquette. I've got bad etiquette. So the, the rules around golf, I'm not too switched on about them. Let's be completely honest. But I'll, I'll have a laugh with them. These are guys actually playing for their careers, and I'm out there yeah. just having a little bit of a haggle, really. But um, I'm looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> Dan, quickly before we let you go, what, what yeah, do you got next, awesome. mate? What do you got coming up? Uh, so I'm in I'm in France again this week and uh, yeah so back on the horse straight away for another tournament. Um, got th- yeah three in a row before a couple of weeks off and then the big dance at the end of it the uh, the grand final. So yeah, it's uh, it's all pretty exciting. So beautiful. See how we go, mate. And uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but as as your partner, she's caddying for you sometimes. She was. She came over this year for about five weeks and she did. She jumped on the bag for. Four of those five weeks, and then had a little little holiday to herself, which was pretty cool. For How'd that go? Um, how's yeah, that, how's I've, that dynamic work? It was great. <laughs> uh, it was great. I mean, she she um, sort of lets me do my thing, and you know, makes sure that uh, you know she's keeping me chill, keeping me fed and hydrated, and all that all that good stuff. So, yeah, no, nah, she's she was really good. But she, um, she doesn't. Read I do. Parts, I do have she? a full time caddy now, which. <laughs> <laughs> I was contemplating getting her in to read a couple, um, but yeah, I think we we might have to work on that a little bit more before we start doing that. Oh, perfect, mate! Hey, uh, congratulations, Daniel. Uh, appreciate it you coming on the show, and and well done on your success of, as of late. Second car, second year blues is definitely a thing, and you you found a way to overcome them. So go forward and and gain that card, mate. I know that was heartbreak at the end of last season, so uh, keep keep tracking, mate, and you'll get the job done. Oh, cheers, Eddie. Appreciate that, mate. Awesome. Dan Hilliard chasing the DP World Tour cart. And last year, you remember, he was, yeah, it was brutal. agonisingly close to get that card. And for someone after that, when you get so close, you could just drop all your drop your lip and, and just really be really deflated. You put your whole season through to fall so short. But now he's found that uh, energised again, the confidence and... The grit, determination to hopefully go and get that card. It's a tough life as a golfer, man. A couple if of results, important, eh? Yeah. Pretty lonely out there, especially on the, that Challenger series mm. where he's on. And, mm. and if it's not going your way, all of a sudden it can get pretty siloed and lonely, eh? And um, he's always been a prodigious talent, though. Like, he's been earmarked for, for a decade now. Like, he, he's also bull striking. I've seen him, I've seen him in a range and just the noise... And the swing is a thing of beauty, so he'll be he'll be good once he once he 
makes the DP World Tour, which he will, he'll be on it for a long time. Because he's also got a, ma- a great head on his shoulders, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. I met him a couple of years ago down at the NZ Open, and uh, yeah, just a really cool guy. He had a lot of time, and yeah, you're right. He's been earmarked for a while in his own golf, and that he's you know, been one of the guys that can go on and, and forge a, a solid career out of it. Now he's made that difficult choice. Choices, hey, where do you got to go? You got to go live around the world and sacrifice a lot of family time. He's gone and done that, and hopefully he can reap those rewards and get the job done and, and get on that car. But, yeah, he's one for the future for sure. And, and how good is it? New Zealand golf is flying at the moment. Lydia Ko obviously coming fifth over the weekend. You've got Amelia Garvey um, forging her own young career in, yeah. in the golfing world. Um you got obviously Ryan Fox, Danny Lee still there or thereabouts. Steve Hulk had a good weekend again. Marco Thompson, the young Hawks Bay lad, just won the Mount Monganui Open on the Charles Tour. You know, the weekend, he's got a big future. If you talk to New Zealand golfers, he is a guy that they all think uh, could, could be the next big thing. So New Zealand golfers flying. Well, Chris says, Izzy, my son plays as an amateur on the Charles Tour. Hopefully you appeared with him. By the way, the amateurs actually finished in the first three spots last week in the first one. Mm. So no pressure, mate. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> look, tell them something to say good day. Oh, look, I'm nervous because I want to do it justice, you know. And and look, I'll be completely honest. you got to dedicate your life to this game. And no, I don't wait. go range at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I play a wee bit, but I don't range. you got to practice. you got to hit putting greens. you got to go get the, you know, what are those little little ropes out and, and your little putting little devices that they have on the putting greens? I don't do that, mate. You film yourself at the range? Got, no. your, got your little binoculars? Range, range finder? Yeah, yeah, rangey. I don't know. If, see, that's the thing. Are we allowed to use range finder on Charles Tour? Because pull it out, you'll find out. Pro events, you're not allowed. You've got to go walk the sprinkler heads. And then you get... See, this is the thing. I Do you have a kitty? Daisy? I'm going <laughs> to hound one of the pros down there to, to come kitty for me. But that's the thing. You get uh, you get a green layout, and it tells you the, the pin location. Five on, and... and and like a map. T- yeah, it's like a map of it. And I don't know. I've never read one of those. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Google Maps? I don't know. I'm going to talk. <laughs> How far is it? Do you reckon I can get a little, you know, like a John Daly when he needs a cart? Do you reckon I can get a little... I reckon medical exemption if he needs. Exemption, you know, for a little range finder. Oh, for your range finder, right. <laughs> yeah, bad eyesight. <laughs> you have a range finder. Oh. Uh, I want to see Daisy on your bag. La 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 la. No, she's... No, she's not even staying in... Crush it. She's going back to Gizzy for the week. I'm home alone. So is that this weekend? No, next. it's next, not not this week, not the following week. Oh, I was going to say, because otherwise you might... October 11th. Pung, if Pungo wins, <laughs> you imagine turning up to the to the tee box like John Daly. Well, I'm here Thursday morning, <laughs> so if Pungo wins, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, we will. 19 minutes past seven. Dan Hillier, what a good guy and uh, fantastic. Ten birdies. Oh, Get that one through your dome. That is incredible. What a round. What a round. 20 past 7, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Uh, great to hear from you on double eight double three. Live Golf is a super league to the ARL back in the ni- in 97. Yeah, of course. That's exactly right. So, you know, the the, the people that are uh, laughing all the way to the bank are the players because they've got people chasing left, right and centre. So, yeah, mate, we only have to look at our mate Cam. How happy is he at the moment? Hey, Pinner is actually in uh, New Zealand. I think he's here. He's been down in Carpety. had a few beers, a few bets over the Let's weekend. Let's get Pinner's so. in, mate. We'll ask him about it. Yeah. How's your 10%? He's <laughs> 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 How many horses? Keep your messages coming through. Back after this with Kempy's off the back fence.
the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yes. I think we can put to bed who the best second 5'8 New Zealand is at the moment. Everyone has been asking for a robust, solid, no-nonsense second 5'8 who can punch holes in opposing defensive lines and offer up some defensive decisions when we don't have the ball on hand. And I thought Geordie Barrett was a revelation on Saturday night. In saying it all year, he didn't just bend the line on Saturday. He went that far over it that Richie Mwonga had time to put on his slippers and stoke the fire before letting loose against his Australian counterparts. And one has to ask, what next for Geordie Barrett? And of course, does it mean Will Jordan gets the same opportunity to shine at fullback as my mate Geordie Barrett did in second 5-8? For me, selections are pivotal going into the World Cup if the All Blacks have a chance of winning it. We saw what one change that Fozzie himself admitted he didn't see makes so much different to this All Black side. Can another, like Will Jordan to fullback, shift the attack to a place where the All Blacks can do the unthinkable and win the World Cup? Geordie Barrett, second 5'8", Will Jordan fullback, All Blacks win the World Cup. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Kempi, I totally agree with your appraisal on Geordie Barrett. I totally agree. As you'd be curious to know what you thought because I, he looked so big in there, and he gave a dynamic we haven't seen in years. And he's just, he's got that perfect blend of that pass, that playmake, that kick, but he's also huge. What a weapon! Very good. <clears throat> Sorry, very good. Very, very good. He. Put smiles on many faces around the country because people have been calling for it for a very long time. I congratulated Kempe yesterday when, I, when he rang me up after 9.30 with Rick, Rick Dog, and just said, look, mate, you've been asking for this for a while and it, and it eventuated and, man, did he deliver. Did he deliver in all facets of play. Like, he is so physical. He has no fear. What I loved about it is when nothing's on, nothing's on, you don't just shovel. Nothing's on. He goes to uh, Richie Mwonga. He says, mate, just run a one-two cut. Simple as that. A scissors with the old-timers out there. Something like that. Just back against the grain. Gets over the advantage line. They go again. Runs hard. Defensively tackles all day. Blood on his head. Loved it. Just <laughs> loving every single moment of it. Never shied away from the contact. And, mate, See, he did right. He, that's what he's done. <clears throat> he's he's bought that. Like you know, Just listen to you say. He's bought that. Um, that passion, you know, of watching football and seeing footballers that actually want to have a dig. There was, there were, there were a couple of things for me. There was one, there was one period there where he dived over the ruck, he got spun around and pushed back over mm-hmm. his other side. You see, that was like collision in midair, and he bounced back off up off the ground and went right. I've got to get back into my position. And but then there was a second one when they scored that last try where he zeroed into the ruck mm-hmm. and he lost his sight. And defensively, because he just wanted to get stuck into the big guys, yeah. and they threw that that pass past him, and they score under the post. So he's got to he's got to temper his his aggressive yeah. approach, because because good coaches will see that and they'll set him up. But man, it was needed. You've, you've, you're always on the money, eh? Always on the money. <laughs> you're dead right because that's his one question mark, and that's what I was talking to Foz about. Like he gets really. Wants to do everything, wants to be a batting ram, and and wants to you know do what's best for his team, and just gets a bit out of shape, and then loses sight. So he's got to have that control temper. He's he's got to control it because mm. I thought straight away when that they scored that try, I went, 
oh mate, any coach saw that. Like they'll just they'll, they'll set him up so that he because they they'll go well we'll use his aggressor against him. But I just thought that like he he's got that like running back style where mm. he hits a line and his legs are like little pistons and they pump through. So he wasn't just bending the line; he was taking another two or three meters. And and that for Richie Mawonga or whoever plays in that number ten jersey is so important. Mm. Yeah, he was huge. Literally, he was huge and he had a massive impact on the game. But we need to remember this isn't the All Blacks' first choice team. What will they do? They've cried for consistency. Ian Foster put his stake in the ground. This was by uh, force because, well, David Harvey and Quintapaya were both injured. So what happens moving forward on the Northern Hemisphere Tour? We will find out. If you've got any predictions. RTS. If, yeah, RTS. If I you've... just made it harder for RTS, and I think it made it easier for Will Jordan. What For me, you've got to take the punt. you Jordy Barrett worked, Will Jordan will work. Mm-hmm. There you go. Kempi's had his say. What about you? 0800 The Kenard Tire phone line's there for you. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building Aotearoa. CNZ, we are 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Got your messages steaming in. We'll get to those in just a second. But some sports headlines with Gull fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some great value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Now, Joseph Parker, he's going to have to rebuild after that, well, mammoth tussle with Joe Joyce, who would not stop coming forward. Here's JP's plans. The busy I am. Um, with fights, the better I get. You know, when you have time, a long time away from fighting, you know, sort of lose touch. And so I'd like to fight as soon as I can. Go home, see my wife and kids, recover and rest, spend some quality time, and then come back and see what's next. Yeah, I'd like to just have Joe take some time. Yeah, I know he wants to be busy, but it's going to be a tough uphill battle from here. Uh, Daniel Hillier, we just spoke to the young Kiwi gun who carded a unreal 64 on the last day of his Challenge Series event in Europe. He's now 13th on the Challenge Tour to make the DP World Tour next year. Here's what was working so well for him over the weekend. I honestly didn't think it was actually doable on that golf course. It was playing pretty tough, but it was, yeah, one of those days where, you know, everything just clicked and, yeah, I just managed to keep rolling with it for, for the majority of the round. Yeah, he did it indeed. He was on fire, Dan Hillier. Um... 10 birdies, 2 bogeys, 800 for the day, 2 shot win in France. And he's there again this weekend. Uh, Reese says, Izzy Barrett's spiral kick is nearly as good as yours. Well, that's what we've been talking about, David Harvey. He's a kicking option, he's a distributor as well. But if they kind of inadvertently come across the perfect hybrid, because Bo- uh, Geordie is. A, a battering ram and can get over the advantage line, bring that Nani Lomape style big body that can crash through. But he's also got those core skills that Reese has pointed out there, like the pass and the kick. You never want to give anyone else an opportunity <laughs> as, a, as a player, and uh, that's what's happened here. You've given someone a chance to go in that 12 jersey and perform. Look, he, he offers definitely something different. Davey, Davey's biggest asset, and I'd love to see him find, is his feet. He's got great feet. He's um, but he's he's obviously a, a bigger bigger frame now, and that's what Geordie offers his his physical dominance at, at the the defensive line. So 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Um, is this just the one game? You know, Davey's going to come back and go forward and hit on the India tour. Um, so no doubt those two will be there, and that's a genuine option. You're saying you want Will Jordan at fullback? Look, I, I, I was watching Will Jordan, and I, I love that kid. The way he, uh, he is so silky when he, when he moves. Like he went, and there was one part there where he s to two defenders. Mm. He ran an s bend around them. They never got, a, they never got a hand on him. He is so uh, unassumingly quick. <laughs> That he catches people out, and I think in broken play, like I like that roving um, winger role where he goes around, he pops up anywhere. I think he needs that, and I think he needs that license from fullback because mm. he's going to get the ball more in his hands. And he's if, if you see if you got Geordie Barrett at, at twelve, he's going to get it on the front foot all the time as well. So it's going to take a courageous decision. And this is the other part of the the equation for me, Smith has come in because Fozzie's actually said to us, I don't see him as a 12. Mm. So someone's convinced him that he is. It had to be Schmidt. So Schmidt's saying, well, I actually think that, well, because I think in the other conversation, I actually think Will Jordan should have a crack at fullback. Mm. So I think on the Northern Hemisphere tour, we are actually going to get to see that. And it could be a game changer. For, for me, it could be a game changer for the All Blacks. Because if you now get Geordie Barrett laying that line at 12 and a, and a Will Jordan in open space... And the amount of talent you've got around him with Rico, Caleb, you bring. I thought Sevi Reese when he came on, the, he just changed the whole dynamic when Sevi Reese came on. The energy levels went right through the roof. So I just think they got a, a much better team still to pick. I'm just a little bit worried. I'm just a little bit weary because I remember last World Cup cycle, we went through a situation where we, we tried and tried a few things. We went back to the dual playmaker. And we had players playing extremely well, and then uh, a lot of experienced players probably weren't playing well. But we went to a World Cup, and we kind of got tripped up, and we probably, you know, just started, I don't know, believing the hype or believing um, what we were doing was, was working. And, and back then, there were certain times it was. But I just, I want us to go into this with a clear mind and a clear picture on the game we are trying to play, the game we are trying to play, whether that is dual playmaker, whether that is we want a Big Twelve. But just go in with a clear mind because I felt last World Cup we just didn't have a clear mind of what we wanted to do and who we wanted to play and it tripped us up in the end. So whatever they do, stick with it and just stay tried and true and then give this team and this these this players time to find that chemistry and build forward going forward. But mate, it's it's crowded because you got to think Anton Leonard Brown's coming back, Damian McKenzie's coming back. RTS, what is that? Where does that leave RTS? Is he gone? Like, it's it's an interesting Siberia. situation. Mm, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. Uh, and you couldn't, ha- you can't have that consistency and that clarity of selection without having the clarity around coaching. And they mm. only just work that out. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, the runway has been shortened. We know that. Twenty-one mm. minutes away from eight. Come on, Izzy. It's your home course, Pegasus man. You've played it a thousand times. Just rip in. Cheers, Gaz. Get on your Gazza. <laughs> Joey B. Got any NFL chat for us this morning? How the Dolphins going? No. Joe's mic's been cut, Brett, so he's lost all privileges. Panthers, baby. <laughs> he's lost all his mic privileges. Thank you, Brett. And after this, Mike Delaney. The Bay. The Bay of Plenty. Talking NPC. <laughs> the last person I want to hear from is Mike. After this, he's on the line. A bit more footy, Kimpy. Yeah, the Battle of the Bays didn't quite go the way my mate is wanted on Saturday. Mark, he's happy as his Hawks Bay <laughs> once again failed to win on the Steamers' home turf. 
Bad Plenty were just too strong in the second half, keeping the Magpies scoreless. Yeah, I watched the end of the game. I thought they were coming back. But the True Bay will now turn their attentions north with the matchup tomorrow night against my Tanifa. Mike Delaney is the head coach of the Playoff Bound Steamers, and he's on the line with us now to give Izzy a bit of grief. Morena, Mike. Morena, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Mate, is there any question now? in you, mate. Who's, who, who's <laughs> the True Bay? Who's the True Bay, Mike? Come on, give it to him. It's clear and obvious, mate. It's always been the bay. Those clearly steamers. <laughs> wow. Good good to hear from you, Skip. How you going, brother? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good, mate. How are you? Nah, good, mate. Well done on the weekend. Obviously, you've been flying at the moment. Um, how are you enjoying the, the transition from assistant to head coach, my friend? Well, I've been, you know, it's been good. It's been, um, yeah, a bit more on. Um, <laughs> Just getting with all the other stuff outside of, uh, of actually coaching. But, no, it's been good. I've enjoyed the, the transition and um, had good people around me. So, no, it's been good. Mate, what did you say to the boys in the shed at halftime to get them back? Well, uh, nothing I say can help them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, oh, I don't know. It was, a, it was a tough one. I knew it was going to be a tough game. We just needed to hang in there. But um, boys reckon they were all good and just let them, just let them play. What about Gillies, mate? Gillies Kaka, he has reinvented himself. Played for Hawks Bay years ago, played a bit of sevens, gone away, he's come back. Mate, you must be pretty happy with how he's kind of fitted into the group. Yeah, I was a bit sketchy on how who he began for in the weekend, but he said, no, 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 I'm good. But no, he's been awesome, mate. I've only heard him say about three words since he's been here, but um, no, he's been awesome for the group and having that experience. And I think he enjoys playing for rugby back in New Zealand. Yeah. What's a, what's the difference been for you, Mike, taking that head coach's role, you know, and, and especially being in those tight situations that you were against Hawks Bay on the weekend? Um, yeah, I suppose yeah, it's just a bit, 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 more, bit more on the line, really. It's um, uh, just yeah, it's just all the other stuff that's involved and in making sure everything's running smoothly and um, yeah, a bit more pressure on the decision making. But um, yeah, that's been it's been good. Kitty Eklund's been awesome for us leading mm. the team, so. Um, yeah, he's been he's been awesome. What what kind of game are you trying to instill? I know I spoke about it on here earlier. When you come down to the Crusaders, you added so much to to the environment, uh, your mind, the way you you see the game. So, what type of style are you trying to coach and get the Bay Boys to play? Um, people try and get back to back to you know what we what we're good at. I think um, we went away from how we were playing typically over the years and just let us play. With a bit more freedom and less anxiety around um, stress and performance, so you know it's just sort of enabling them to, to play their game, make the right decisions, and just enjoy their rugby. Really, do you, do you find Mike when you when you transition out from a player to a coach, and the players, you know, they've got all this science around them, their bodies are sore, there's so much football for them to play, that it's hard to get them up um, week to week, or do you just find it's all about creating the right culture and they? They go out there and they represent the bay the best they can week in week out. Yeah, that's probably the balance at the moment is all the science and you know making sure that we're not not cooking them every week and and whatnot. But um, I, I, the key for me early on in the season was just to get our culture right. And um, you know once you get that right, I think the footy looks after itself and the boys are really keen to get out there and play for each other. Do you do you don the training kit, mate, when you're a few numbers down because the physios come on and taking a few players? I know you still back yourself, mate. You're still in good nick. No, I'm done, man. I'm done. 
full time coach means he's obviously in full dad bod mode at the moment, eh? So it's no good. <laughs> oh, I feel you, mate. I feel you. I've had that for about five years anyway. Who was the team to beat in the NPC? You're thinking, mate, who are you thinking you're going to have to really get it up on one over the, over the playoffs? Um, obviously, Canterbury have been pretty pretty mm. good at the moment. You know, they've got a pretty um, you know pretty sharp squad and a lot of depth there. So um, they must have some selection headaches down there. But you know, all these teams in the playoffs is different. You know, who knows what happens with finals footy? So um, at the end of the day, you've got to beat everyone to if you want to win it. So um, yeah, everyone's you know Wellington's coming back into some form. Um, Waikato, obviously, in Auckland are unpredictable. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Beautiful, mate. Well, we're going to let you go shortly. But just quickly, I know you're uh, you obviously you're, you're coaching now. And I remember I interviewed you last year on the sidelines and you dropped the F-bomb. So I appreciate you uh, not dropping any F-bombs on this one, my friend. Yes, I thought I'd better be good. I thought I'd better behave myself today. <laughs> yeah. early, you're, early. Head, you're a head coach now, my friend. Hey, just quickly, just quickly... Uh, Mikey, um, I know last time there was a, an opportunity for you to go coach uh, at a higher level. Is that something you, you're keen to do going forward? Is that where you want to get to, continue this coaching um, role? Oh, not after the flack that some coaches have been getting lately, but um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's um, you definitely want to do that. I'd rather just, you know, really nail my, uh, you know, just really nail my my job and, and, and the area that I look after. So I'm not, no, in no real rush for that. I'd love to at some point, but at the moment I'm still learning. I uh, just need to get better at what I do and then, and then go from there. Great attitude. Great attitude, brother. I think you'll be a fantastic role wherever you go, mate. Uh, appreciated my time with you at the Crusaders. Uh, you're a hell of a man. You'll, you go good on the end of your do, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> mate. He's a coach now. You can't say that. Two players and coaches, eh? They can't, they can't, they can't let go. You can't, can't let go there. So he'd be the worst. He'd be the worst. Tom Donnelly coming on, talking about he's giving kids hidings. As he's more of a manager. He's more of the manager. Like, I know, I want to hang with the players, boys. I'm, forget the coaching stuff. I'd never coach. Honestly, everyone asks me, you want to coach? I'm like, how? No, I can't. I don't want to be a coach. I'll help. I'll help on the outsides. And, uh, but no, nah, he had a beautiful rugby mind, mate. Honestly, he came down and, and he only played a handful of games, got a few niggles, but man, he was good for our environment. So, so good. And I was looking to see the easy transition he's gone into coaching. Just straight up. How many tests did he play? Not many, eh? In one. One? Mm. Is, it, is it just the one? one he's in yeah. the Jamie McIntosh camp. Mm. So in the Dan Carter era, but real solid first five. Mate, we, we, had a, we had a young kid. Um, I gave a debut to down in Canberra. He only played one game for the Warriors, but mate, he was the the culture around him was awesome. So it doesn't matter whether you play one or a hundred. Mm. You know, some players mean a lot. Yeah, Mike Delaney, there you go. If you missed that, head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, Bear Bay of Plenty. The steam is through into the playoffs as well. As the NPC heats up in in about an hour's time, we're just under. We're going to go back and have a look at our standings. Izzy's bomb squad, though. After this. You're all probably thinking I'm going to talk about the All Blacks getting the job done and locking up two of the possible three trophies on offer. For me, that was a given. I know that could be debated and debatable, but teams would have learnt that you can't, I mean, you can't give any All Blacks team a chance to find some sort of consistency and confidence. But today, my chat is about the Black Ferns. 
I can proudly say that I'm absolutely fizzed about this Rugby World Cup. For months now, there has been so many changes and resources thrown at this team, and from what I can see, it is all paying dividends. The messages from inside the camp have been open and transparent. The style in which they want to play has been evident from the outset, and the players have shown that if you provide them with the resources needed... From a professional outfit, you will get the results you are after. Charmaine McMenamin, running off the back of the scrum, offloading to a once-in-a-lifetime talent in Amy Duplessis. Or Stacey Flula, running down the sideline, passing to Portia Woodman, scoring one of her seven tries. Seven tries, Portia. How good is that? Those are only a few of the names that the Black Ferns have. The rest of the world descends down under to the land of the Long White Cloud to take on our Wahine starting October 8 at Eden Park. Let's get right behind the Black Ferns as this is the first time our team has hosted a World Cup. So let's make sure we as a nation let them know that we are backing them all the way. Go you good things. Bomb squad. Mate, I'll be going. One hundred percent. I'm up. Mate, the 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 um seven tries by Porsche on the weekend. I in the background I was watching that and hey, well I had other things going on and I was just going, She just can't stop scoring tries. This girl's a freak, you know. And then I went in my own head, what would they what would the English or the French put past this Japanese side? And probably about be about the same. So like, yeah. I think we've We've come a long way forward mm. from where they were last time they went up there. So it's going to be a good World Cup, 100%. I was, a, I was a little bit wary when the Sevens girls got precedence over a couple of others, but, man, you need that talent. And they proved, I think, many wrong over the weekend. They came on and just added so much impact. They wanted attack. Oh, and I am honestly genuinely excited. I heard Eden Park sold out. My brother-in-law is passionate rugby, rugby fan. He's like, mate, I am fizz for this Black Ferns World Cup. So I hope you are too. Coming up. Another woman superstar, Amelia Kerr. Here's the Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Oh, you're on fire, buddy. You're on fire this morning. <laughs> Tuesday, the 27th of September, and it's just great to be in here with the lads. Honestly, obviously see you through the camera. <laughs> Nothing better than being in real life next to the others. Appreciate it. We're real. Enjoy it. I enjoy the coffee every morning, 7 o'clock, followed by, well, sometimes we'll get a black. This morning I've got a nice little... 
what was it? A scrambled eggs little wrap. Man, it was so good. So good, I must say. Anyway, I hope you're having a good morning so far. We've had a solid hour in the last hour. We spoke to Dan Hillier. He won his second European Challenge Tour over the weekend. And he joined us just after 7 o'clock. That's okay. If you've just, if you missed it, you've just joined the show or you've just tuned in, you can go have a listen to that on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast where you get all your podcasts. Head over to the SEN app. Izzy and Kempe, you can have a listen to it right there and in there. Great chat and catch up with him. We also spoke to Mike Delaney just then, and we had a message come through. Delaney and Donnelly, old schoolmates, later coaching super, super uh, rugby duo, also Colin Burt, ex-Bay boy, coaching Canterbury. MBJ, that is from Neil. Yes, Donnelly and Delaney, coaching mates. How good would that be? Had, uh... Tom Donnelly on last weekend. Great to chat with him. A couple of messages here. Porsche, talk about mind blowing, Louis. Porsche Woodman. Well, seven tries. That's that's just Mark Ellis sort of territory, isn't it? She was two away from the record. Obviously, nine tries was the record. Two away, but man, she is so quick, so quick, and I love that little combination they've got going with Ruby Tui on the left wing, and then you've got Porsche on the right. Everything is just looking. Pretty good at the moment. You got Ruahe Demont running, running the cutter. Just what we were saying though about the All Blacks, and you don't want a couple of wins to smooth oh, over the reality. Nah. Like there's still a massive task ahead of them with that English team that and the, and France yeah, for sure, hundred percent. And the one thing that's going to trip them up is if we don't. They say they don't want to. They want to play a fast game, fast style of of rugby. But you still need your set piece. You still need your forward dominance and some physicality out there. So. Yes, they, we know they want to keep the ball alive and play a, a quick brand of rugby, but if you can't win your own breakdown, your own ruck and your own set piece, yeah, it's going to be a tough old slog for them. So we know that, but for me, I'm just excited. These girls and Wayne Smith and co just really getting inspiring and, and well, just uniting a country. Yes, back the girls, 8th of October, Eden Park and around the North Island. A World Cup is taking place in our own backyard. How good is that? But right now, we're going to talk the other code. We're going to talk some cricket. It was a mission It was mission accomplished for the White Ferns as far as their ODI series went against the West Indies in the Caribbean despite dropping the last match. It was a series win in the foreign conditions, and with, a five, with five T20s still to come, it's valuable time away from home for the side as they look to build into the home of summer. Mili Kerr was awarded Player of the Series titles after three solid contributions with the Willow. She's with us now. Morning, Mili. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Good, thank you. How's life in the Caribbean? Is it really tough going over there? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> tough going. I mean, it's a bit hot. We're by the beach, you know. Um, there's a lot to complain about. So, yeah, it's been tough going. <laughs> but, no, we're absolutely... We're absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, these conditions, the the weather, the beach, and um, yeah, the team teams all getting on well. So no, it's been good fun so far. Nice, Millie. Hey, what's it like playing there, Millie? Your first time. So what was sort of your observations and the major difference you noticed? Conditions. Uh, we've obviously come over here with the new look team as well, and um, yeah, the pitches are just slower, and we've played a lot of T Twenty cricket um, this year, so. Having three one days where you've just got to do everything longer um, in tough conditions was a great challenge and um, probably something we want to keep working on moving forward for the 
50 over format but yeah it's um nice to play on some conditions as well that suit my type of bowling well you're training very hard um Millie. you've started your you know you've bursted onto the scene is your batting where you want it where's your game at at the moment um yeah i think it's tracking in the right direction and um ice for me it's going out there each game and and believing um believing in my ability and wanting to do the best i I can do, and um, mm. I feel really solid with the bat and in a good place, so I would have loved more runs, but I'm sure we all do, so <laughs> I know with cricket it can't happen all the time, but um, but yeah, I guess the goal is to keep striving to be better and probably never ever satisfied, but that's what kind of keeps you coming back and wanting to work harder. Mm. Hey, Mealy, look, what about your bowling? You just took the one wicket, um, but some key spin partnerships are at important important times. Were you uh, happy with the way things went? Yeah, I'm a believer on judging yourself on the way you've bowled rather than statistics. And I think for me, mm. we've had a new spin coach in the group and he's been incredible and he's made a huge impact already. And I think the way I've bowled has been, been some of the um, best areas I've ever bowled in my international career, so I'm really happy with that. And then to bowl in partnership with Fran Jonas, who's done extremely well, and then see Eden Carson come in um, and do a job, and then even developing Susie Bates as an off-spinner now. So we've got a nice little group there. Um, Susie brings the average age up a little bit, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy with my bowling. Obviously, you want you want more wickets, but um, in terms of the areas creating chances and the economy rate. Um, you'd you'd take that. Yeah, I love your interviewing skills. The way you interviewed Susie Bates coming straight off the bat with the goat call, I love it. Um, great little <laughs> chat there. Hey, quickly, just just on the group, you, you've had your your fair uh, share of of changes over the wee while, um, particularly straight after the Home World Cup. How, how's the group tracking at the moment, and and the new coaching group taking on? Uh, yeah, the, the new group's going extremely well. The young players are awesome. They've got a bit mm. about them and have just slotted in really well. And with this group, everyone genuinely gets along. So that makes things pretty easy. And, um, yeah, the coaches have been awesome, stealing a few of the Aussies from um, <laughs> winning environments as well. And they, they've coached a lot in women's cricket, so they just understand the game really well. And we're all learning a lot. So I think... Um, with the coaches we have and that everybody here wants to learn, we're going we're gonna to improve a lot. You've always had the talent. You've always had the experience in the group. What, what have been the key differences that they've brought to to this environment that, that have probably steered you in the right direction? Um, yeah, I think for me it's like I've been around. I'm still young, but I've been around a while now in the international game. And it's um, just the more you play, the better you get and the and it's probably because you understand your role a bit more and back yourself. So mm. I think with um, new players coming in, that's kind of the thing uh, as a leader and with support stuff, just making them feel as comfortable as can as they can and um, building their confidence up because they've all been picked for a reason and got skills um, skills that make them really good cricketers. So I think that's the key moving forward with the young younger players and also the more experienced Hey, Mealy, the T20's up soon. What, uh, what's the key to unlock that success for you guys? Yeah, it's um, nice to play five T20's over here and we'll see what the condition, how the conditions go. But I think um, a few of us have come off the 100, so we've played a lot of this shorter format stuff. But again, it's probably just, um, I think, having really good defence plans as, 
as a bowling attack and how, how we want to take wickets on the power play and then batting it's again how we want to score on this wicket which might be a bit harder than at home and working out our best options that are low risk from there and um, again it's just having the belief and we know the West Indies are a quality T20 side so I'm sure it will be a very good series. Just just on that, the 100, you played obviously over there, do you enjoy the, the new format? Yeah, I, I love the format of the 100, I thought um, probably took me a game or two to get used to and um, but I absolutely loved it. Um, the, sh- the short format I think it's good for T20 cricket because mm. makes you do everything a bit quicker and I think we can be more aggressive in T20 cricket so um, yeah I enjoyed the format got to play at Lords which was special and yeah it was um, a great opportunity as well to play with some of the Aussies who were in our team also. Alright Melly, talk to me about the situation that unfolded over the weekend the man cad the man-cared situation that uh, happened with India-England. What's your take on it? Are, are, you, are you for it? Are you against it? Like, it's a it's a difficult situation that cricket's got to, got to evolve. But, yeah, uh, uh, what's, your, what's your feel for it? Yeah, it is It is a tough situation because it is a rule and it is a genuine dismissal. So, mm. um, yeah, it's obviously in the rule book and it's, and it's allowed to be done. Um and then I guess if, if you do do it, there's going to be, um, <laughs> I guess, a bit of conflict that comes with it, whether it's in the spirit of the game or or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is a rule. Um, mm. But I guess you probably, as in way up, what, what comes with that is the consequence of um, the spirit of the game. But I think it's probably a good thing in a way that for us moving forward that um, don't back up too early. Oh, that's it. That's it. As a fellow bowler, it used to irritate me when you batters used to try and <laughs> steal a run. And hey, you couldn't. You know, it wasn't in the spirit of the game. But backyard cricket, <laughs> I used to. Buy, I used to get everyone out by doing that. Hey, stay in your crease, mate. Stay in your crease. Hey, um, just quickly before we let you go, Millie, uh, just it's, it's <laughs> backyard a, cricket, great option. <laughs> yeah, great option for sure. Hey, quickly before we let you go, um, it's a big week here in New Zealand. Um, Mental Health Awareness a Week. And we, I know you've had been open about your kind of um, struggles that you've, you know, had over your time. I've had my own, and they're going to come out this week. I've, I've opened up a wee bit this week, but um, particularly, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, how are you tracking at the moment? Yeah, I'm going pretty good. It's probably one of the best places I've been in in a while, and um, I think for me, I've learned a lot throughout kind of my journey um, with mental health, and mm. yeah, it's obviously Mental Health Awareness Week, so. Um, or obviously want to spread spread the message and and help people out there because it's not always easy. Um, everything that's going on in your head, but mm. yeah, I'm in a good place and um, it's definitely a real passion of mine, mental health. And I've actually been fortunate fortunate enough to have done a bit of work um, with I'm Hope before I went 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 away. So there's a few things coming out hopefully in the next month or so as well around that, which will be exciting. Awesome, awesome. Well, we commend you on, on sharing that. We look forward to seeing the messages and, and the help you're going to provide for young people around New Zealand, not only young, anyone that is struggling in their own rights. But just quickly before we let you go, Kempi's a bit of a singer. I don't know. Have you got that guitar handy, have you? <laughs> I'm actually um, I'm actually at the beach at the moment. Oh, away of from course. The, away from the hotel. Catching some so. rays. No guitar, no guitar. I have to... Uh, 
I'll have to send a recording through for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll make sure Kempi does that and he'll just send you a little recording back. Hey, hey thank you so much, Millie. Good, good luck in the T20s. And uh, look forward to getting you guys home and, and enjoying the summer ahead. Cheers. Thanks, heaps, guys. S-E-N-Z. There you go, Mealy Kerr, uh, the White Ferns in the middle of their tour in the Caribbean at the moment. A lot of the a first time for a lot of the players over there, obviously. And um, ODI series done onto the T20s now. And uh, what great ambassadors they are for New Zealand sport. Mealy Kerr, absolute star. Not just a spin bowler, genuine all rounder, and scored plenty of runs in that series, is he? Just a good athlete that's been thrown into the limelight at, at such an early age. And. Um, you know, she's had to deal with her own uh, her own struggles and, and situations. She's always been open about that, so commend her on that. Um, but, yeah, an, an athlete, a generational athlete that we always talk about, she is definitely one of those, someone for the future. And, yeah, they've had their own bit of adversity. They had their World Cup at home and, and didn't get the result they were after. They made a lot of changes in the back room, players missing out on contracts, a lot of players that have been very experienced. Um, but... You know, obviously missing out initially, but Leah Tahu getting the call up later and uh, you know keeping her dream alive. But yeah, they obviously got the results over there. Head into the T Twenties, get the job done. Then they head home against Bangladesh. Is it? Am I right, Louis? Yep. So end of November, start of December, and then mm. it's um obviously the we got the Super Smash here and the Women's Super Smash. So they're straight into it. Big summer ahead for our um, women's cricket players. Morning, lads. I took my kids to their first All Blacks test on Saturday night. At the time, the All Blacks and Black Ferns took after their games to get photos with kids and sign autographs was awesome. My daughter is a huge Ruby Tui fan, and she is still buzzing about meeting her and has mm. her socks hanging in her room now. Oh, how good. Well done to both teams for exciting our young ones about rugby and Kempi, that is the obligation these players have, isn't it? Well, you know, back in back in the old days, the, before the game finished, you you remember seeing a lot of the old footage. The fans would actually run on the pitch, and you and you'd struggle to get off. Mm. You know, and then in the in the end, especially in test matches, the security guards would come on and try and get you off, but you had no chance, mate, because they just wanted to take your tie ups. Can I have your tie ups? They would say, Can I have your tie ups? Um, <laughs> we weren't. We never had fl- we weren't flush with giving jerseys and socks and shorts away. We if we had a pair, mate, we kept them because that's all you got. So, mate, for Ruby Tui, I saw also a few players giving their boots away on the weekend in the NRL mm. in the finals. Wow! I just think it's a really awesome gesture for a young kid to get something like that because it it's what memories are made of. Yep. I've always thought though, like I know how personally I don't have that many boots, but like if I have a good pair of boots, like I don't want new boots going into the grand final. Like, I want the pair of boots I've been wearing that have broken into my... You know, like, you, mm. do, do you, were you guys, like, precious with your kit? Like, did you kind of get superstitious I wasn't precious because I I, wanted, I didn't want to give away my boots. Um, I can understand where you're coming from was, you know, they mould it to your feet. And yeah. You, obviously, with new boots, you get blisters, and it takes a while to wear it. Um, I don't know, they got a week to wear those boots in. Come Friday, you know, they've had three or four days. Doesn't take very often, very long for them to mould to, to your feet. And actually, we're very lucky in these days, or well, well, I was anyway, I went to, you go to Germany, mate, and they get a 3D image of your whole foot. And, and so every all your duck, all your shape, you know, your your heels, moulded to your foot. You so every sent time, to Germany. To- 
Well, yeah, well, because I was an Adidas athlete, so I went to Germany and they mould your feet. And then, so every time you got new boots, it's moulded to your foot. So it's not really that much of a difference. So <laughs> no good for anyone else. Yeah, Kempi, well, what about oh, a new yes. day, mate? <laughs> 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 I didn't want to get Kempi started. Kempi, what about a new day? The guys to show up with the open the boot up and say, "Take what you want." <laughs> that was it. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, some of most of those NRL players will have their foot moulded to their. So you're not getting boots specific. off the shelf. No, you, you're getting them. Specifically moulded to you. Remember your first boot? Yeah, it's like your mouth guards. You need know, to go to the dentist, oh, you I've get your mouth guard moulded. I genuinely didn't know that. You get your moulded, mouth guard moulded to your, to your teeth, you go to the your foot surgeon or your, your whoever your shoe provider is, and you get your foot moulded. And it just made that transition really easy. Mills Moliana, new boots every test. No. New boots every test, without a doubt. Oh, I couldn't have done that because I'm a bit like you. I get blisters. But he had to wear new boots every test. He wanted new boots. So a hundred pairs of boots. A hundred pairs of boots, mate. There you go. I was blown away. I was Fun like, man, I, I want new boots every game too. But that it's was amazing music. how much superstitious, mate. Put they on boots. they yeah. just well, so yeah. he needed what? Just the feeling, the smell. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I just think it was just. What he did, and and of course he could do it because I've given him bo- given boots away all mm. the time. You know, some funny stories about boots, mate. Players love their boots, um, mm. and yeah, he's got one. I got one Kiwi story. But they, they when they first bought professionalism around, they used to show up in the in the foyer of the hotel with their boots. That's how they signed you. They have Asics, Asics Mizuno, Adidas, mm. um, and it wasn't Tiger. It was Lotto. Some, Lotto. Yeah, so and they go, oh, the boot boys are here. Yeah. Boot boys are here. So everyone race down, and you just sit in your seat, and they go, oh, Tony, do you want to wear Lotto? You know, and you, or do you want to wear? I, I was Mizuno. I used to love Mizuno. Um, but some of the guys, you, you go up to some of the guys' rooms, and they got boxes of everyone's boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the free ice cream. <laughs> Those boys are cut. It was. It was like candy, candy, mate, to, to some of the guys. But. Um, yeah, the the 3D imprint of foot and putting boots in. <laughs> That's a fact. The true story. It's the very first time I've ever heard that. Uh, Mate, me too. Very first I, time. I've never heard that before. I'm not being cocky, okay? <laughs> so I, I'm just saying, like, we had, yeah, when you're when you were an athlete, you got flown over to Germany. Of course. So I knew that, I always knew that there's, like, the retail boots you could buy, I knew that they're not the boots that the All Blacks mm. wear. I knew there's another level. But I didn't know they were Platinum. All actually, yeah, like the platties. I didn't realise that they were actually designed for your foot. Yeah. And yeah, then that, I, is, that is so awesome. Like, you well, know, that makes a lot of sense. in technology, yeah, you know. 100%. You want that, that little bit of detail to get you maybe that little inch closer to the trial line. Yes, have a go, but <laughs> All right. Brad, Brad sent a message, and we'll get to it after this. He's, I don't know if this is a sledge or he's being serious, but I actually agree, Brad. I'd never heard of tie-ups as well. Can you explain after this? Here with Warehouse. Great they hold your socks up, mate. <laughs> oh, like garters. Oh. Yeah, garters. A bit of tape, bro. bit of tape. That's right. They want Can that. I have your tie-ups, sir? All right. Paulie Whitey, not far away. Here with Kimmy's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Style with 10% off the King C Gillette range from Chemist Warehouse and Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 28 minutes past eight. Right, we've got off. We've got on a bit of a tangent here. Uh, Mills is probably giving to all his family. 100 kids are better off with all his 100 boots. 
Uh, Matty Johns spins a great yarn about his boots. He used to carry six or seven pairs to a game, and the night before he'd sit and clean and polish all of them. Then on game day, he'd decide which ones to wear, ask him about it next time he's on. There you go. Um, and anyone else notice that no, all black had coloured boots on the weekend. Oh, maybe it was a blackout. Blackout. Maybe that's what they were. They crushed the wallabies. Mm. Right, we'll carry this on because you just you've said a, you've got a great yarn, Izzy. Another one about your boots, boots and all. Paul Mawadi, tab.co.nz <laughs> the line. G'day, Paulie. Hey, boys. Hey, well done, mate. Well done. I don't know. Have you found Beaver yet? <laughs> yeah, he's probably uh, he's white baiting. <laughs> Wait, waiting for that call up, eh, my friend? Well done, Wellington, locking away for another summer, eh? Congratulations, Paulie. What you got for us, mate? How was your weekend? Happy? Uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't the worst. And of course, after the uh, I guess the win by the All Blacks on the weekend, they are now equal favourites with France to win the uh, World Cup. Both paying like three dollars and fifty cents, <laughs> just like that. They're now faves along with France. Both paying three fifty. Uh, and then we've got England, Ireland, and South Africa all paying $6 to win the World Cup. So mm. um, there has been a little bit of action come the All Blacks way since that uh, result on Saturday night. Uh, and they are, at the moment, our worst result in terms of the outright winner book for that World Cup. I've had a look at the NRL as well. Uh, and the biggest bet we've had so far on the grand final, $10,000 on Penrith at $1.38, an $8,000 bet on the Panthers at $1.38, and a 4K bet on the Panthers at the same price. Biggest bet on the Eels so far, $2,150 on the Eels at $2.95. And don't forget, we've got the hall pass as well. Um, All you have to do... Uh, is enter the promo code Hall Pass, then place a five dollar or more bet on the NRL Grand Final, a minimum odds of a dollar twenty, and you'll receive a twenty dollar bonus bet in your account. Simple as that. Paulie, I did a podcast with you yep. the, last week on the Thursday, and you asked me first try score. I said Will Jordan. Does he get on? <laughs> I put a line through Will once you said that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sad man. We've tried to oh, tell no, you, Paulie. He's been exonerated. He's no longer the stopper. It's Kimpy. Kimpy's even stopped Imperatrice from turning up at the second league at Hastings. <laughs> oh, I feel like that too, and I back the Cowboys. <laughs> right, Paulie, download the TAV app to go and have a look at all those markets Paul speaks about. We'll catch up with him tomorrow. After this, we're going to hear Izzy's boot story, and we're also going to talk a little bit of Racing, loveracing.nz. Here is Auto Health the News for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Seven away from nine, and Steve O says, just like to say thank you to Chemist Warehouse and their friends Musashi and Health Therese for the prize pack, lads. It's very appreciated. The best, have a great day, Steve O. You too, mate. Thank you for getting in touch with us for our can't wait question of the day with your great story about well, the man in Afghanistan that did a mile of press ups, which was quite staggering. We're talking boots and how Mills Maina had a pair of boots for every test match he played. And how Izzy has sports scientists moulding boots to his feet. 
And you came up with another good story just uh, before. Uh, you just got me thinking. A few years ago, you know, we're coming out of pre-season. We're heading to our first home match against the Chiefs, and I'm excited. But you'd think you'd pack a few pairs of boots. Not Israel. He takes one pair. He's walking into the stadium. And I'm, while I'm walking in, unbeknown to me, I dropped a, a, one of the boots. Anyway, so I get in the change room. You're getting ready. You're on. You know, you're mentally trying to... Build yourself up, you know, you get nervous, you're playing the Chiefs, you want to love them and hate them. Go to open my bag, find one boot, put that down, go to find the other boot, nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen, and I'm sitting there, just started full sweats, full sweating, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Start ripping out my bag, have to run out to the car before we're warming up, not, not in the car. I'm like, oh my God, where's my boot? Anyway... I had to tell the coach, Tabai Matson, Tumbai Matson, I said, oh, one of the boots is gone. Have, is there a spare boots here? Yep, one of the boots is here. I'm a size 11. Here you go. He's a size 13. So <laughs> picture that playing in size 13s against the Chiefs in the first round. Game plays. I play horrible. Worst game ever. We lose. You know, I look like an idiot. Anyway, next week, Andy Ellis is doing radio. And he, he puts out SOS. And then the person that picks up my boot calls in. So like, yeah, yeah, I found the boot. Yeah, yeah, I've got it at home. <laughs> and then they ring me up, and I'm like, mate, my boot's got my name on it, Israel Dag, everything. He might need that. <laughs> Should I just take it into security and say he might need that? <laughs> no, no, I'll take it home so Israel plays in size 13s and uh, and they lose the game. So I'm spewing, but I found the funny side of it. You know, that's <laughs> lesson learnt, take more than one pair of boots. So there you go, Matty Johns took seven. He's got uh, six other pairs if he loses one of them. So, did yeah. you then from then on take any of the pair of boots? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> of course nah. not. Never learned my lesson, but uh, always knew where my boots were. Always knew where my boots were from there on the end and uh, there on in. And man, it was a, a hard, hard lesson to learn. Professional sport. The old toolkit, hey? mm. the old toolkit. They talked about it. We we talked talked about it when we were younger, and we always used to call it the toolkit. And inside your bag, you had a couple of pair of boots, and then you had all of your your spanner, your sprigs, you know, because you had to change your sprigs back then. It wasn't like you get these molded perfect things that you yeah, yeah, yeah. you use this the machine screw ones. Yeah, yeah. so you had your Vaseline to to get, make sure they get went in properly and all that sort of stuff. And guys used to do that. They used to lose a boot, lose a sprig. They used to come up to you and say, you know, especially if they're younger. <laughs> if they come and ask you for your toolkit, they copped it. <laughs> Absolutely copped it. Don't forget your toolkit, son. That's what you got to do. Oh, yeah. Never, never let that happen A builder again. doesn't go to work without a, without a <laughs> belt and a hammer, does he? No. And I went to work without a spare boot, Kippy, right. and I learned the hard way. Professional sport, representing your team. And you're wearing size 13 gumboots, trying to run around. <laughs> I, I just can't believe Chiefs. how uncomfortable that would have felt for you, especially being a, oh, a kicker of a football worse. team. Mate. It was, nothing worse. I know exactly whose boots they were. Johnny McNichols. Johnny McNichols boots. <laughs> Big paddles. Big paddles. And they were huge. And look, I, oh yeah, the worst thing is I played horrible. So it was, um, yeah, harsh lesson learned. Johnny McNichols, size 13 left boot. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right. Right, right, right. Let's kick on. Loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Uh, there's a couple of good texts I've been saving for the spot here, lads. Um, yeah, this text is right. 
With Imperatries out of the mm. Arrowfield stud plate this weekend, which is the Group 1, it's a Group 1 weekend at Hastings, and with weather concerns and a few other big names likely to follow suit, Mustang Valley is a great bet at $4.60. Was eights yesterday and swims. Well, she's on the quick backup, and she absolutely loves a heavy track. She won so well at Awapuni over the 15.50 in Just Ask Me's race. You would have seen that, Kempe. So Andrew yep. Forsman pulling the trigger on the quick backup. He said that too. He said mm. that on the he said that on the the show last week that uh, that was a really good bet, and we were given that um, was his best Mus- of the weekend. Mustang Sally seven k. So when she took off on the corner, and our boy followed around the backside of it, just too much weight. Um, and that is a decent bet this weekend. That's a decent bet. Well, if you got the eights, well done. And I guess this is the benefit of following racing. Did Twitter. you get the eights? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did, I did. Because, I look... You're always on the pulse, aren't you? Well, you've got to be. And so Imperatriz has come out, and straight away you look at what's going to be the next value bet. And La Creek is now a $2.60 chance. And La Creek, if she if she's... Look, if La Creek turns up and it's not a bog, she should be winning this. Mm. She's got all the upside in the world. She's got bigger targets. But then after that, you look at horses like... Mustang Valley is now 460. As this text says, defibrillate. He's not going to worry about the track. Harlick, Vernon Me. I mean, it's a bit short for those two, you'd think. Amuse moi, maybe. Is Just Ask Me going to turn up? No. No? No. But he will turn up to Hawke's Bay. You're just going to have to wait. But not this Hawke's Bay league. Not this one. So live all. I mean, you look at this. This field really falls away fast. I don't know who wins if it's not La Creek or Mustang Valley. It's a wide open race, so um, well. Lark Creek should be winning it. It's the best horse in the race. It's just the, like you said, dependent on the track. Mm-hmm. See, Lark Creek bursted on the scene last year, mm. and obviously went and had a spell, come back. Probably hasn't. Well, had the, only had the one. Start. Only had the one start. Solid start. Yeah, yeah. ran a huge third. Mm. Actually, ran a huge third. Yeah, up the inside. I mean, that, so this is a bit like Moonga to mm. alligator blood on oh, the weekend. How good was that? Mm. So somebody says, I told my mate to put his nan's life on his life savings on alligator blood on the weekend, and I forgot to even bet on it. Well, Moonga, an eye-catching second, and he desperately needed to find form again. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Zaki did a bit of backstroke, and, and yeah, he was second up over 1,800. There's excuses. He copped a whip in the face. But I'll tell you who the big winner was, I think, Animo. Mm. If Animo's sound and he's right, which Godolphin seems to think he is, He's clearly the top seed in the Cox Plate now. And, yeah. Uh, I'll be interested to see who turns up in the Underwood this weekend and any of those horses back up. So Group 1 racing, we've got the Epsom this weekend at Randwick. We've got a good month of racing coming up. Blue. This is just starting to hot up. Oh. Yeah. Pungo tomorrow. Race two at Rose. <laughs> Come on, Pungo. I need some pocket money. Come on, Paulie. Open the book up. 18 away from nine. We'll have a little look at our, uh, our own personal NPC book. After this, we'll count the stats, count the points, and we'll see Izzy and Kempe, who's in charge, heading into the last week. Right, we're 13 minutes away from nine this morning, then it'll be Smithy, and we're only one round away from the end of the regular season, where our NPC tipping comp between Izzy and Kempe will be done and dusted. Now, for anyone that's missed this, essentially, before the first game of the first weekend, we said, we're going to do a two-man draft. You pick one team after an each, another, one team after another, until you drafted all the teams, and the team, or the side, is your Kempe, who has the most regular season points at the end of the season, wins. Head-to-head. Simple. Now, 
you kind of would assume that one. You kind of would assume that somebody would win. Clearly, hmm. you didn't think it would be that close, because you know it's a bit of luck that goes involved. I mean, there's a little bit of forecasting, but I've got a I've got an updated score for you. One round out, and Kempe leads on 166 points, but is he? is three points behind on 163, nipping at the heels. And it gets even better. With one round to go, plus Bay of Plenty and Northland that both played twice, the same amount of games that will be played on each side of the draw. So you've both got one team that has two games left, and then they're split evenly after that. So essentially, we've got a one-round shootout where Kempi's got a three-point handicap to start. And uh, looking at the draws... I mean, Manawatu could be the difference. Well, who, it could be as simple who does Manawatu play last round? Who are they playing? Because oh. they have been horrible. With Northland, Northland, no chance. Oh, but mate, they home? said that they said that about Southland. No, you just can't pick it, mate. Kai Kowie. Yeah. They um. Yeah, the end of the end of the year. You don't know what they're doing leading into the finals. What the what the what the coaches are going to be thinking. Oh, I like it. I like it. There's See, a bit of a battle on. You mm. know the irony of this, Izzy, is that you know how the Bay is now Bay of Plenty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if if the Bay get up tomorrow and beat Northland, I need that. Yes. And then the Bay get up on Sunday and beat Waikato. Yep. You'll be in a very good place. Mm. So now a lot of your hopes are pinned to Bay of Plenty. <laughs> well, I'll be sort supporting the Bay when they take <laughs> on the Tanifa tomorrow <laughs> and the Bay when they take on Waikato. Now, Hawks Bay are sitting fifth out in the odds conference, one, uh, even with Otago. Who have, Ota- who have Hawks Bay got? Tasman. So you, it's again, it's away, a, eh? And I think they were both, they were, you're both, there you go. Your first draft picks. Izzy went with the heart into Orks Bay. Kempi went with the head. Tasman, man. Who have been a bit of a letdown to be honest with They have been. They have been. I should have left Tasman out. Should have left that one for Izzy, but I had to go with the Tasman. <laughs> so Canterbury play, take on Otago. Yeah, I got Canterbury. You do? Yeah. Um Yeah, that's a lay down. Give us the give us the give us the round. Okay, the round. Yep. We've got, so we've got starting with Bay of Plenty Northland. So that's still the last round or the last one. Then Hawks Bay Tasman on Friday. Yep. Southland North Harbour. <sighs> I've got Southland. Yeah, mate, you got it right too. <laughs> Southland North Harbour. So that's you guys have got a split there. Auckland Taranaki. So that's all Kempi's side. Kempi. Uh, Otago Canterbury. So yeah, that's a Canterbury. That's a big one. Otago Kempi's got Otago. Counties. Uh, one or two. Wellington. That's both me. That's both you. Northland Manawatu. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to cost me. Waikato Bay of Plenty. Yep. And and, Waikato on a a, a, a streak. Not a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Bay of Plenty is probably the swing team here. Bay of Plenty and Northland. But, well, I just had their coach on and... He didn't inspire me to. <laughs> <laughs> no, Come on, they won the he bay. Did, he did. Is that their season? Hell of a competition. I thought at the start it was going to be very one-sided because of mud or two, but man, it's honestly it's been an outstanding comp. Good season, eh? Great Good season. season. And you probably know this because I should know this, but I don't. The 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 playoff makeup. How does it? How does the playoffs work? Is quarterfinals, it, right? So quarterfinals, so top. 
So you got the top four. Four from each. Four from each. Quarterfinals, and you play crossovers, crossovers. Final. I imagine so. Yeah. Makes for exciting playoffs, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It certainly does. And um, I think I think my, I'm not just saying this because I'm from there, but I think Mike was right. I think Canterbury are going to be really oh, hard to roll just with their squad. Oh, they, they their are. squad depth. Yeah. <laughs> They've got so many options, and I spoke to Braden Enor on the weekend, and he's going back to play. So they're getting guys back as well. But will be interesting to see which All Blacks are released. Mm. Do you know the hard one going forward? This is if da- Damien's probably going to make it. That probably means Peter Feto will miss out. Twin- On the end of your tour? Probably. Can I not take him as well? Mm, well, Damien will cover 10 and 15. That would be... F- How unfair would that be? 20 seconds. That's, that's harsh. Very, very harsh. Mm. We'll watch that one. Hey, uh, did Izzy wear size 11 on one foot and size 13 so on I the other? This, I thought the same thing. No, no, no. Two 13s, boys. You can't, no, I can't wear. Like, oh, I no, 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 no. Like, you got to wear the foot? same was it, boots. Was, it, was 11 your kicking foot? Um, well, I just wore the same boots. So I don't know. I can't remember which boot I lost, but uh, I had to wear size 13. You can't wear one. I would have. And the other. That's because they're not the same colour. I mean, half as bad. You don't want it to be too obvious that you've been an idiot and lost your boots, so you've got to kind of hide it. Yes, after a while they'll be like, "Wow, he's wearing gum boots. Look at him; he's running with cotton concrete in his big shoes." Feet. Oh, yeah, and Dave, you know, says, about big shoes, big feet. <laughs> hey, Louis, what about Deerfield? I'm not the right person to ask. I don't, I don't, because I'll say he can't win and then I'll win at 100 for one. <laughs> I can't catch him. I wouldn't be bunting him. It's you day. then, isn't it? Hey, Louis, it's you. You're the one that's putting the muck or two on everyone. We'll see. Yeah, probably. It's probably my turn again. <laughs> Roundabouts. It's seasonal. Zaki. Well, <laughs> just don't talk about a race tomorrow, you guys. Seven away from nine. Smithy <laughs> after this. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.